welcome to the Byte Rabbit podcast, where we talk about WebXR, that's VR and AR on the web. My name is Jonathan, one of the founders of Byte Rabbit. Hi, my name is Florian, I'm the other founder of Byte Rabbit and a WebXR game developer. And my name is Darius, intern and WebXR developer at Byte Rabbit. Hi everyone, welcome to the newest episode of the White Road Podcast. My name is Florian Schickje, and today we have a new guest on our podcast, Andrzej Mazur. He's a web game developer and a Mozilla tech speaker from Warsaw, Poland. He is the co-founder of the Enclave Game Studio. He is the creator of the JS13K Games competition and also started the GameDev.js game development community. He also organizes the meetups and workshops and hackathons in Poland for web games development. Thanks for joining us, Andre. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited to have you too. I think with this, you're you're not necessarily a web XR game dev, right? But yeah. you're really a veteran in the general web game dev space. And it's really nice to have the opportunity to get you onto this podcast to bring in like some hardened industry knowledge from the web games to this very new industry of the web XR game dev space. So very grateful to have you here. Yeah, totally. I mean, I did like a few WebXR demos, game demos. So like there's there's something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. I don't actually know about those. Maybe you want to tell us about that. Yeah, so I did like a super simple game uh, using A-Frame where you were throwing ducks <laughs> at targets. And I was teaching A-Frame uh, at some workshops with that. That's interesting. That's oh, cool. So you, you did delve into A-Frame a bit. So that's pretty good. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so let's start, let's start the questions here. So I wanted to know, what were your first experiences with web games before starting all of this? How did you learn about web games? What did you do? Like, did you play games as a kid or how did you get into games? Yeah, so I think it was in, in school where we, uh, during breaks, because we didn't have our own computers, we were like playing games on Congregate, all those flash games, and were like a few different portals. So that's the, the first time I interacted with web games. Yeah, same for me. So I think a lot of people going in this direction have, have the same passion for flash games. Sadly, Flash is ending this year, but uh, support for Flash is ending this year. Finally. Fin <laughs> finally, but it kind of kills the nostalgia. But uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. for the future of the web development, we need to have it happening, I guess. Totally. Yeah. Since you don't have Flash anymore, I mean, you moved on to HTML5, right? What tools do you use for game development? So I haven't developed games using Flash. I only played them. A few years later, when I was working as a front-end developer, I was trying to see if using JavaScript is good enough to build some games, so I actually did. And it started with playing with jQuery to see if you can build anything that could resemble a game. Then when I decided to start Enclave Games, first games were created with Impact.js. I don't know if anyone remembers that framework, but after that, uh, I was using Phaser, which is, I think, one of the most popular 2D web game engines uh, right now. Oh, that, that's interesting. I, I've sadly only done 3D game development in the web space. But if I ever do 2D, I think I'd check that out. So one of the things I was wondering is, as a game developer, what would you advise newcomers coming into the space to do? What would be some things to 
look out for? What technologies would you recommend? I would say pick something and experiment with it. Uh, you don't have to think too much about which technology to use or which framework to use. I would say try a few tutorials, uh, create some demos and see if this is something that you enjoy doing. And if, if it does, just carry on, create more, more demos, more uh, small games and Yeah, continue learning. And if you don't enjoy that, but still want to do something, you can totally try other options. There are many engines to pick from, uh, many languages. So like you can, you can pick whatever will feel the best for you. You don't have to listen what the majority is using because you can totally uh, use something that will work for you. That's cool. That's, I think, very good advice. Uh, you mentioned Enclave Studios, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. You founded that together with your wife, which I find really, really amazing. And I think you list like 10 games on your website. What was like the process of building those games? And like 10 games, that's a lot. How can like people imagine, how can you get up to the, such a number? I would say 10 is not that much if you consider <clears throat> that Enclave Games is basically running since 2013 and the development of a single game took us like one to two months. So <laughs> you can clearly see we are not focusing only on building games, but those are small, hyper-casual 2D games. Most of them started as prototypes uh, during game jams. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to have this constraint to create some prototypes and have a theme to think about the setting for the game. Um, and whenever we build the, the demo, then we could decide if you want to continue building the game uh, as a product. So those are like simple to be casual uh, games you can play going to school, to work, sitting on your toilet, uh, if you have spare <laughs> few minutes. So those no, are not like a huge titles, but rather, you know, casual experiences, but still finished games. So one of the ways we are earning money is from licensing those uh, games. So that's part of the business. I see. That's cool. That would have been one of our next questions, because I think, especially in the WebXR space, monetization is really hard at the moment. And like the licensing is a very, very cool idea because you have this game and I don't know, how, how does it work? So usually as a game developer, we connect with a publisher who have a website with millions of users who need some content. So we basically talk with a publisher, agree on some way they are paying us. Uh, it could be a fixed fee upfront. It could be a monthly payment. It could be a revenue split from the adverts or any other way. So basically we agree on a fee and then they get the right to put our games on their portal. And then they can earn some money out of the traffic they have. Usually, like in most of the cases, it's adverts, but this landscape is changing, we have other alternatives uh, of getting revenue. It's not like 100% adverts. We can explore other, other opportunities. Mm -hmm. We have had okay, experiences cool. with adverts with Wonderleap on our website also. And we've been also thinking about moving into other spaces with Construct Arcade doing, we'll announce the changes soon. There's not been anything uh, big 
publicly spoken about this, but I agree that the space is a lot of people have concerns about privacy and all that. So a lot of the stuff is just moving to many different directions, be it crypto, be it in-game monetization. Yeah, we'll go to monetization in the next segment. So let's keep going and we'll talk about that later. One of the things that I find fascinating about your work is you're getting a lot of developers together, a lot of communities of game developers from WebXR developers to HTML5 developers to people who care about web monetization. And one of the core pillars is obviously the GS13K games contest competition. And what I was wondering is what made you move into this direction of creating communities, creating this contest and bringing all these people together? What was your motivation? What made you do it? So that was quite uh, interesting because um, it, it happened in the background, I would say, or by accident, because back in the days, it was, I don't know, 2010, 2012-ish, something like that, when I was more, ex- more and more excited about games and game development, uh, but I was still working as a front-end developer. I was uh, experimenting and trying to see if it's possible to build uh, web games with JavaScript. I noticed that we were missing a lot of things other technologies already had. Like there, there was no HTML5 games newsletter. So, hey, let's start one. I can quit my job. Uh, I actually quit a corporate job and decided to try with try building HTML5 games through Enclave games. But uh, then I also thought about other things, other projects. So is there a competition for uh, web game developers? Well, there wasn't. So let's maybe launch one and see what happens. So that's basically how the JS13K games competition started, 2012. So it was like, Okay, so there is no competition. Let's start one and see what happens. We literally built the website, including designing it and putting it online in like 48 hours. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and, and besides the backend, the, the front is unfortunately still mostly the same. <laughs> we are redesigning it. Looks it pretty good, though. We are redesigning it or like making it work on mobile, etc. for the past seven years at least or eight so (laughs) but yeah like i was missing lots of things around html5 games when when i built the first game the game ended up in the article called 30 best html5 games and when you think about that we literally had 30 games total then because there were like (laughs) hundreds uh, hundreds of articles saying uh, 30 best games, 40 uh, most addictive games, 20 best something, and it was the exact same games all over again. <laughs> so we definitely were missing more developers playing games. So starting the competition, starting the newsletter, starting the meetups was a way to see if I can help and gather other developers and talk with them and exchange experiences, connect in some way, see who else is building web games. So the the communities around that kind of started by themselves which over the years i think is the best way to build communities so it was nice to see the people participating in the competition and then with every next year there was more and more people participating at some point when we started talking on on slack there were literally people joining the slack and i 
wasn't even needed anymore because other people participating over the years were helping them answering questions, etc., etc. <laughs> so that's when I realized yeah, that it's cool. um, awesome that uh, there is a living, breathing community helping each mm-hmm. other, and I'm not even needed there anymore to 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 keep <laughs> it alive. <laughs> that's amazing. That's really cool. I see a lot of parallels to like the WebXR space because in the WebXR space a year ago or something, it was exactly the same. It was like there was exactly a handful of games and it's always the same games and just recently getting a bit of traction. And actually, thanks to uh, the JS13K Games Jam, there have been like literally a amazing influx of new WebXR developers and new WebXR games out there. I mean, on Constructor Kate, I think we have five or at least four uh, games from JS13K Games Jam that we host there? Yeah, like, like... Uh, in the in the past few years when we have the WebXR category in the JS13K Games competition, I noticed that the, it was similar with games from the like the general submission over the years that the quality is growing with every single year. So mm-hmm. it was amazing to see impressive WebXR games from two years ago and then a year ago they were like even better so it's it's great to see like this year we had the first WebXR entry because uh, the the rules of the uh, WebXR category is that you can use one of the three frameworks because the the general Mm -hmm. challenge in JS13K games is that you have to build a game within 13 kilobytes zipped package which is a challenge on, on its own. With WebXR, we decided that we want to offer some libraries. It started with A-Frame, then we added uh, Babylon JS and 3JS. So you can use those libraries outside the size limitation. But then we have, this year we had an entry that someone challenged that and built a WebXR <laughs> game without those libraries. So he literally made a game in 13 kilobytes total without any external re- libraries, which was uh, super impressive. That's really cool. I think it was, it's raw, right? 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, really awesome. Another very big topic in the JS13K games jam is repeatedly is monetization, right? And trying to figure out new ways to monetize web games. Do you want to like go into a couple of the new ideas that are around for monetizing web games? I'm definitely going to talk about web monetization API. We already had the web uh, the web monetization category in the competition this year and previous year. So already two years of experience. And as much as the last year was uh, like experimentation and seeing what this is all about, we already saw that this year people were going deep into seeing how this works, how this can benefit the player. So there was already some trends or popular approaches in implementing web monetization Mm -hmm. API in in some of the entries. Some of the WebXR entries were also implementing that. So the web monetization API is something I, I really feel will change how we monetize stuff on the web in the next years. Last year, I learned about that and started playing with it, experimenting with it. I'm going to continue in the near future. So I'm really excited about how we can monetize stuff natively on the web. This really feels like finally something 
I can work with because up until now, the for example, the games on the Enclave Games website have no monetization at all, no adverts or anything. I do work with publishers and then we do implement adverts on their portals. So it is a way I'm earning part of the money, but the adverts thing, like it didn't feel good for me in a way that as a player, I hate ads. I use ad blocker and I just hate them. But with web monetization, it feels like the monetization is happening happening in the background. It doesn't disrupt the whole uh, process of playing and enjoying the game. So it's really something, if we can make it right, this will be huge for uh, monetization on the web. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, just as a basis for users that might not be familiar with Web Monetization API, could you quickly describe what it does and how you use it, how it works? Absolutely. So this is a proposal for an open standard. So it's not like one company has a token and we all have to use it. It's a proposal for an open standard to the W3C. So when passed, it will be a proper W3C standard, which anyone can use. And it works similarly to the web itself. There is the interledger protocol through which you can send micro amounts of money the, the same way you are like sending data through the web. And the, the, the best part for me is how easy it is to implement that because it already works. It's already built in some of the browsers. If it becomes a standard, we hope uh, all the major browser vendors will implement uh, web monetization out of the box. Uh, right now, for some, you have to use a plugin, but there are others like a mobile Puma browser, which have web monetization built into it already. So if you're a paying subscriber, which means right now, if you register with Coil, but since this would be, a, this is an open standard, any company can be like Coil, any company can offer being a company offering, uh, becoming a, a subscriber of the web monetization. Then uh, visiting a website, the money are streamed real time to the developer of the content that is visited by someone who is a subscriber. And I mentioned it's easy to implement because you have to add a monetization meta tag to a head of the, uh, the index HTML or, or any HTML page. And mm -hmm. this already makes the website monetized. Yeah. So this already allows you to get the money. There is a second part in which through JavaScript you can detect if documents.monetization is active, is there, then you can offer some extra content for those users who are uh, monetized. So for example, you can hide adverts, you can give them extra coins, new shiny weapon or unlock a level or something like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it all boils down to using one ML meta tag and using one line of JavaScript to detect if someone is a paying subscriber or not, compared to dealing with publishers where we have to implement complicated SDKs and APIs to basically do the same or to, to show some adverts or something like that. So it's a lot less effort to have this working mm -hmm. because then all the extra stuff, all the benefits, all the bonuses is, is something developers can build in their own games and uh, they have full control over that. That's amazing. Nice. 
Yeah, very cool. I think uh, monetization is also a big topic for the Grant for the Web. And uh, you've got uh, funding for Grant for the Web for Enclave Studios, right? Do you want to talk about like the process of getting that and uh, what inspired you to apply in the beginning? So, yes, it's kind of funny because I wasn't part of the Open CFP. It started earlier. So I was talking with uh, Coil uh, Folk earlier on about ways we can work with web monetization. We already had the web monetization category in the competition before the Grant for the Web program was even announced. So the, the first web monetization category was literally sponsored by Coil. And then this year, it was also sponsored by Coil because Coil is, is offering funds through Grant for the Web program. But this year it was officially part of the grant because we got funding for building games as Enclave games, but it, it was also for, for the JS3K games competition for the web monetization category and some other efforts around experimenting with web games and, uh, and web monetization. But uh, the Grant for the Web program and the Open CFP that uh, ran uh, recently, that's a huge thing. I mean, literally huge thing because there's like 100 million dollars to be given away through the span of five years to developers wanting to implement with web monetization. And I already had some friends who had their really awesome projects uh, accepted, and they are now working on them as part of the Grant for the Web program from, from the CFP. So that's, that's huge. I mean, the fact that uh, you can experiment with some cutting-edge technology, which I did over the years, Impact API, progressive web apps, etc. But now you can literally get money for doing so. So you don't have to do that in the evening. So you don't have to do that whenever you have some spare time or like when your boss is not looking at your screen. You can literally spend your time on experimenting with that stuff because you, you can get uh, the funding. So I think that's, that's quite important that you can focus on experimenting with that, which I'm literally doing for the past year. So uh, I highly encourage you, if you have anything you want to like, if you want to try monetization of something, if you want to change the way you monetize stuff, if you want to get rid of the adverts or closed ecosystems or like Patreon is a great thing, but it's a closed thing and maybe someone is there and maybe someone is not there somewhere else or we have too many closed places where uh, people are hanging out. And it would be awesome to have everything on the web and just pay for one subscription and access have access to everything which web monetization is literally offering. So if listeners have a project that touches on monetization on the web, the appeal is go try to get the grant for the web. Yeah, the next, uh, uh, the next CFP should be open in a couple of months. So keep an eye out on the, on the grant for the web. And uh, if something will open, you will be notified. And that acronym GFB, VFB, what was it? Uh, what does it mean? Call for papers. So it's a way you can submit okay. your proposal uh, for a project. And then uh, this can be accepted through the program. Got it. Very cool. Um, I think web gaming after Flash had a big drop in like development. I don't know. I see like thousands of Flash games, but not a lot of web games out there. 
Do you have an idea where that came from? I think it's changing. I mean, it was, let's say, I don't know, 2011, 2012, 2013. It was the time where when the JavaScript was evolving, creating something on the web was hard. I remember having talks around 2012 thinking about is it possible to build uh, web games with JavaScript and HTML? And the conclusion was kind of yes, but it's super hard. Uh, and we had like a whole bunch of issues, audio not working, no offline support and like many other things. But since the language itself, the technology itself, the web itself was evolving, it got better and better. There were more tools for every aspect of the, of, of the development. And I mentioned this 30 best HTML5 games and we literally had 30 total. And it changed. Right now, I can visit the HTML5 game devs forums and see some random guy saying, hey, I have this 500 games I have created and how do I monetize them? I'm like, what? <laughs> so uh, right, right now, building games is easy. So Last year at the uh, W3C workshop about web games, I had this presentation summarizing this period between 2011 and 2019 because the previous workshop was happening in 2011. So I was comparing how hard or how easy it is to build games. So between 2011 and 2019, it was a huge difference. So like game web game developers now have different kinds of issues because technology-wise, it's way, way, way better and easier. There are still issues, I have a whole bunch of them, but I would say those are like minor issues. Some things don't work in some environment, something is still hard to do or something like that. But since like literally there are hundreds or thousands of develop developers building thousands of games, the different kinds of issues are discoverability and monetization, which are kind of connected. Because right now with so many developers, it's really hard to be noticed with your game or reach out to the publisher and actually be picked to work with and this also leads to problems with monetization so i would say over the years the technology got better in a way that literally anyone can create web games right now those could be simple not complicated games but so are enclave games creations those are like casual one button top games so they are not much complicated there are games like literally mmo rpgs being worked on in html5 because it's possible mm -hmm. so uh, i would say right now there are thousands of games being created by thousands of developers and and it's technology wise is getting better and better I think there's also a lot of platforms that have established over the years i mean facebook is a web platform that has a lot of support for game developers also but it's like you said it's a closed system and having an op more open ecosystem is also very important i mean i'm also thinking about all those io games that have surfaced that it's debatable what they uh, how positive they are in many terms but it's a great avenue for yeah, people I mean, to make and publish games yeah but i mean it's good to let's say fight with closed marketplaces but it's also it would be interesting to for example work with mm -hmm. them 
let's say, a publisher like, I don't know, maybe Pocky, if they implement web monetization and uh, they split the earnings out of that and we don't have adverts or like those, would, fa- uh, would uh, web monetization work in Facebook instant games? Yeah. If yes, that that would be huge because uh, mm-hmm. Facebook Instant Games is, is, is a big platform. People who don't deal with uh, web, with games, with technology at all, recognize this and know they can play games there. And they don't even need to know the games are, are created in JavaScript mm-hmm. or Flash or whatever. But it's a, it's a huge platform with games. So having web monetization there would be like interesting uh, step forward for having one way, one native way of monetizing content on the web. So it's not like, you know, literally fighting with closed market marketplaces, ecosystems, but like having something like that. I would love to have a Patreon open to anyone and just, you know, using web monetization. Definitely, definitely. That's going to be interesting. But that also makes me wonder, what do you think will be coming in the next few years for web monetization when uh, in terms of do you think it's going to grow rapidly or do you think there's going to be like one change that's going to make everyone join uh, the movement? Yeah, I think so. Right now it's it's still really early stage. It's growing. Hard to say if it's growing rapidly or not, but I'm seeing that new projects or new ideas come every every month and it's it's still early like the the web monetization api is not even like a standard yet there is a work on having this as a w3c standard there is only one company coil offering the subscriptions where we clearly need more and even coil is talking about that that the ecosystem the needs competition we have like a two different wallet providers because you have to have a wallet to receive the funds. And we need more of that. Maybe someone will create uh, web wallets. Maybe there will be a company different than Coil that will offer different ways of monetizing through uh, web monetization. So it's, it's still early stage. I kind of enjoy being on the cutting edge of the technology. So I really enjoy playing with that and seeing what you can build with it, what can be done. I'm, re- I'm sure this will grow. I have absolutely no idea at what rate. It's not like in the next two years we will get rid of adverts and we'll use only web monetization. But it's not like, it's not, I think it's not about beating other options, but like giving an alternative. You can use adverts. You can compromise your players' privacy and their data and everything else, but you can use web monetization and uh, this can work seamlessly. This could be an open standard. You can get paid directly uh, instead of like waiting half a year to get the notification from your publisher that, well, actually the games are not earning any money, so go looking for a different publisher. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the... Like getting this as a viable alternative uh, through which you can earn some revenue will be a success already. Uh, and I'm sure this, this can be achieved uh, really soon. And then uh, the interest, the, the, the knowledge about web monetization being there as an option will expand and will, it will grow. There is a Twitter bot tweeting the number of monetized websites and it's growing like crazy every week. <laughs> wow, so cool. that's 
that that's really nice. I think a good place to stay up to date on web monetization is, for example, the um, Game Game Dev JS Weekly, right? Yeah, so it's a newsletter running since 2014. So it's another case of, hey, we don't have a newsletter, so maybe let's start one. And it just runs every week since 2014. We have like 300 something issues already. And yeah, if you want to be up to date, I definitely recommend Tribing because it's basically, uh, I'm keeping track of the interesting stuff and I'm just posting it in, in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, um, there is also a community around it. So many links in the newsletter are actually people saying, hey, I'm a huge fan reading since few years here's my something tutorial game uh, tool so it's really nice to get those messages and um, add them to the newsletter and help uh, promote them to the rest of the community that's amazing so that's on gamedevjsweekly.com right yes Perfect. We'll put a link to that in the description of the podcast. Also, I hope probably our listeners should all go and check out next JS 13K Games Jam. When is that going to be and what are you thinking about in that regard? So it it happens uh, every year uh, on the same day. It runs online between August 13th and September 13th. So the next edition is well, still far away, but I totally encourage people to, to try it out. It was a funny story about why it's happening then, because it was like a, a, a random day or random month when we were trying to launch it for like three or four months, uh, when we were thinking about it for like a year or more. And we were like, oh, let's, let's just do something. And we literally made the website uh, really quickly and just... Uh, Mm-hmm. Um, launch it and since it was 13 kilobytes I decided that it would be nice to start on the 13th <laughs> and run for a month got it and uh-huh. people were like so it was 2012 and people were like you know this is like a vacation time and there will be literally no one participating I'm like okay but it, instead of because the, there was a popular approach to have like 48 hour game jam where you hide in the basement don't sleep and don't wash and just code and i thought like having a month would be better because you have plenty of time and you can build mm-hmm. something in your own pace so people could literally go on, on two weeks vacations and then return and still create something and submit which happened many people were doing exactly that and over the years other game jams were starting to appear. Each I.O. got really popular and there were so many jumps happening in August uh, that people were like, oh, do you like, should you move your jam to a different time and like uh, to a different month? And I'm like, well, it, it stays there. I'm, I'm fine. But well, there were like l- <laughs> yeah, literally jams that were moving, changing dates. And one year we had like four different jams happening in the same month. But it was fun because people tried to participate in all of them at once. <laughs> So you literally had like an an entry that was 13 kilobytes submitted to Ludum there uh, with some restrictions from like 8-bit game jam or something like that. So it was really fun to see people struggling to create a game with three different themes uh, at once. That's crazy. But yeah, the, the, it it really evolved over, over the years and people got used to the fact that 
this jam just starts there and there. There's no uh, extending the deadline, which is a cool thing because like this is one of this was one of the most important things participating in a jam uh, compared to building your own project because you can always mm-hmm. put it for later, finish it later, and it never happens. With a game yeah. jam, you have the crunch in the last uh, days or like hours, but deadline is deadline and you have to submit yeah. something. Mm-hmm. So it was really people saying that the this is quite important to have the deadline to finish something and 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 submit and just forget about it the the bugs whatever it was submitted mm-hmm. it's a finished project uh, that you can then tell people about it also helps focusing on exactly the essential like what is this game about it's going to be exactly this and i don't care if it has like nice visuals or whatever just it need to get it done exactly yeah. the gameplay and yeah, that's it's really really useful. Is there anything you still want to get out? Want to talk to people about? I want to tell all of you that I'm a huge fan of the of of building games in WebXR. The fact that I haven't built any serious game with it is the is just the, the fact that I have way too many things I would like to do. So it's basically pretty high on my to-do list that contains hundreds of items. And that usually something that I want to launch takes like a few years <laughs> when I actually <laughs> do it. So I, I have like, I have the bio that I copy and paste to conferences and it literally says that I'm a fan of PWAs, WebXR and Web Monetization API. Um, <laughs> So I'm a huge fan. I really uh, liked the fact that started the WebXR category in the competition. Uh, I really enjoyed running the workshops with throwing ducks uh, game demo I did. Uh, if I could clone myself, I would definitely spend more time on WebXR. Maybe you'll find a time next cool. year and also make a WebXR game for your game uh, game competition. So. That, that would be nice. Yeah, we will have the WebXR category as well next year, August 2021. You can also participate in the web monetization category as well. Uh, I remember Firefox Reality was experimenting with having web monetization built yes. into it. Hopefully, by the time the competition will start, you will be able to build WebXR games uh, using web monetization. And uh, yeah, I mean, we have a cool prizes there this year we had uh, some some hardware uh devices yeah, last, quest, last, i think you had yeah i think oculus quest was last year like few quests we had oculus go the previous year this year uh, uh, yeah this year we had the ar device the magic uh, oh yeah oh, the wow. magic leap. yeah right true Crazy, yeah. That's, yeah, so you uh, could, you could pretty high price. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I'm really trying to. So we have like a huge list of digital prizes, like 25, 30 different types of prizes, uh, mm-hmm. which which is like a license for this engine, license for that, some eBooks, games, whatever. Uh, I'm also trying to have the 
some hardware uh, prices for especially for WebXR. Had a Nintendo Switch for the web monetization category this year because it's always nice to get some cool hardware to play with. And I'm also sending the um, casual t-shirts uh, with different design every year, which like top 100 and entries is getting. Mm. And they are shipped for free around the world, which is also really cool. That's pretty amazing. So if you want to... How do you to manage get, all that? That's... Yeah, so that's like a half a year of work every year <laughs> on the competition. <laughs> so like the JS K Games competition is literally my main work, I would say. Building games as Enclave games is like something I <laughs> try to do in the meantime. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if you want to become a partner of the competition, I'm always open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that's 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 something cool. we can talk off off the recording, I think. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, the general you, like the developers yeah, yeah. working in big companies, if they want to help the competition and they their company have too much money on their hands, uh, <laughs> I'm always open uh, for partnerships. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll link the website on the description of the video of the podcast. And you, you guys can check it out and see for yourselves. There's some amazing games out there. You should definitely play some of them. And the WebXR category. Uh, one thing I would like to add, I just remembered that. So basically the competition's rule, uh, one of the rules is that beside the zipped package, you have to provide read uh, the source code of the game in a readable form. So all the mm -hmm. source code of all the games, including WebXR games, uh, are available on GitHub, so you can literally play any single game out of 1,300 something, including, uh, uh, I don't remember how many, uh, WebXR and web monetization. If you're interested how the games were built, how the developers did that, you can check uh, the GitHub, and you can check the sources of, of every single game that was submitted to the competition, because I think like learning from sources of other people, the other developers is, is really valuable and really important. Yeah, that's really, really awesome. Cool. As a final question, where do people find you and Enclave Games on the internet, social media, LinkedIn, Twitter? Sure. So I, I have uh, my own website. I run a blog, but I can also be found on Twitter and a few other social media platforms, usually Twitter, or you can uh, send me an email. The contact is on, on my website. So We'll have that in the description of the video. Awesome. So anyone can find you there. Awesome. Perfect. Andre, thank you for being here. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much. And to all of you listeners... Thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. bye.